0: I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Tomorrow, thousands of students will take to the streets of the Chilean capital, Santiago. They'll demand that Chile's government reform the way the country's education system is funded. It's one of the most privatized in the world. Fewer than half of all Chilean children get a free high school education. Many students and their families are saddled with crippling debt for decades. Chilean student leaders have been pushing for changes for over a year. They've tried strikes, street demonstrations, sit-ins, even a mass kiss fest. The world's Alex Galifant reports from Santiago on what their impact has been. This was Santiago last year, in the middle of the so-called Chilean winter. Students on college and high school campuses across the country organized strikes and boycotted their classes. And huge marches like this made news around the world. They also made an international star of 24-year-old Camila Vallejo, the then president of the University of Chile Student Federation. The New York Times called her the world's most glamorous revolutionary. Vallejo remains the biggest star in Chile's student movement so big that her trademark silver nose ring now crops up in the noses of many of her peers. Still, she doesn't have much to show for last year's protests, except for some reductions in interest rates on student loans.
1: If you look at the bills that the government has sent to Congress, you can see that they're only small cosmetic changes or tweaks to the market-based model. They're not the big structural changes to the education system that we were looking for. The student movement hasn't attained much,
0: that's Marta Lagos, a pollster and political analyst based in Santiago. I asked her why the profile of student leaders like Camila Vallejo remained so high if the Chilean winter didn't deliver results. She says you have to remember Chile's history. September 11th, 1973, radio broadcasts announced that General Augusto Pinochet had taken control in Chile. He seized power in a bloody military coup. Nearly two decades of dictatorship followed, with thousands of people executed, tortured and disappeared. When Pinochet gave up the presidency in 1990, a left-leaning coalition government took power. But something else remained.
1: I think the dictatorship left Chile with uh, a high level of self-censorship.
0: There was a sense, Lagos says, that democracy wasn't cemented in Chile, that it might not be safe to say what you really thought. But she says in 2010, when Chileans elected their first right-wing president since Pinochet, that fear of speaking your mind dissipated. Democracy didn't come crashing down. With last year's student protests, the fear was finally banished.
1: Now it's legitimate to, to say this is wrong. I need this. I don't want to go through this process anymore. I'm not tolerating this anymore. And it was a student movement, the one that opened this door.
0: Uh, generational differences probably came into play too. Young Chilean students didn't grow up under Pinochet. They're not cowed by memories of the dictatorship. Still, the students were after education reform, not just a shift in public attitudes. A year later, they face a big question. Now what?
1: Last year, it was like the new thing. The student movement was like, oh, look how these guys, they're like going to the streets and they're saying everything's wrong. And now uh, we have to project this movement in long term. This is
0: the guy who replaced Camila Vallejo as president of the University of Chile Student Federation. His name is Gabriel Boric. He's a 26-year-old law student, complete with a scraggly beard. One thing is certain, he says, the street protests will continue. They're the source of the students' power.
1: If we don't go to the streets, if we don't protest, we are not going to be listened.
0: But another student leader, Noam Tietelman, argues there's only so much marching and striking they can do. Tietelman leads the student union at Catholic University in Santiago. He says students have to, you know, study too. Uh, We're entering a new phase which is less demonstrations of strength and more... uh, political and social discussion. For example, one of the newest things that is being discussed is a reform to our tax system. Taxation, healthcare, immigration, the list of grievances goes on. Chile's student leaders have argued that inequities are everywhere in Chilean society and that they're all rooted in political atrophy. They say that Chile's constitution and the political system are frozen in time still based on what Pinochet bequeathed the country more than 20 years ago. So how does a student-led social movement move from the streets of Santiago to the corridors of power? That step, it's complicated. Complicated, says Gabriel Boric, because the students don't all hold the same views. He himself is a kind of Occupy Wall Street economic reformer. Camila Vallejo is a member of Chile's Communist Party. And Noam Tietelman is a work-within-the-system pragmatist. That diversity is a strength, Boric says. The movement can't be dismissed as the product of a single ideology, but it does make the shift to formal politics tricky.
1: It's not like we say, okay, tomorrow the student movement is going to be a political party, but we understand that a social movement is not enough to change reality.
0: Fernando Polson hosts a political call-in show on Chilean radio. He argues that if the students want to remain influential... They can't be tempted by issues beyond their signature topic, the funding of education.
1: Every time they tried to change the focus of the protest from their own problem to some big, huge
0: country problem, it didn't work. But every time they focus on the education, it worked. Indeed, focusing on education can have far-reaching effects, says Noam Tietelman education is in the basis of, this, of our society and changing our education is also changing our society. If that's true, then the student movement doesn't need to turn itself into a political party, even if that were possible. Instead, Tietelman says, they're preparing for the next batch of elections in Chile, using their hard-won influence to force current politicians to take positions on their demands. It'll be less glamorous work than the high-wattage protests of last year. Maybe it seems a little bit less sexy, but it's a lot more realistic. For The World, I'm Alex Galifant, Santiago, Chile. You can see pictures of the Chilean student leaders in Alex's story at theworld.org.